Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world will never be the same once you see it through the eyes of Fairway Frank. Frank, we'll sell London broils, New York strip steaks, pork chops, pork steaks. Frank's mama always said, life is like a T-bone steak. When you shop at Fairway, you know exactly what you're going to get. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. What's going on? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams. I am joined, as always, by Chris Hassel. Matt Van Winkle as well as we are in the Channel Seed Studios. Um, are you on a I'm, ship? You're like floating all over the place. Uh, it's this fucking this new camera. What? This new camera is these tripods we got are cheap. The the tripods you guys sent me to get are cheap. Hang on a second. Did you get the same one I got? Yes, it sucks. Okay, it's a terrible tripod. Do you know that you you need to take the clip out? Take the clip off the top of the tripod, then screw it into the camera and put it back on the tripod. Oh, shit. Yes. You don't just, like, twist the camera around on top of the little nut. I thought I thought Williams was more the tech-savvy person. I know. Hassel seems I, to know what crazy. he's doing. This is crazy. <laughs> Adam, Adam in the comments already. Like, Adam says, it. Williams is making me seasick. Why do you think I don't change equipment? Well, it's all for the the betterment of the team, right? Hey, William, what do you always say? Adapt or die. Come on. Evolve or die, but yes. Evolve or die. (laughs) Oh, Van Wink's got on the death cap today. The death trap cap. I got us some new hats coming because I can't wear that one. Yeah, I can't either. Especially you, Chris. Like, you're... You're a professional national media television personality. You can't have blood on your forehead all the time. <laughs> it's a novel. Just, it's a novelty item at this point. I shit you not. I'm on here with Van Wink waiting for Williams to get on here and get his shit together this morning. And I said, oh, nice hat. How you feeling? He goes, I'm not going to lie. It, it really hurts. I got a headache. Play through the pain, baby. 
God. How are you today, Chris? We are present real quick. I want to thank our friends at, at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Uh, they are they are the best. We're gonna have it's gonna be like eighty degrees on Sunday, and Daddy is gonna smoke some ribs. I'm gonna smoke this shit out of like four racks of ribs from Fairway. I the other night when it was seventy five, made a couple from the Fairway meat box that they sent us this winter. Made a couple of nice steaks. I am straight carnivore. If it didn't have a mother, I ain't eating it mode coming up this weekend. <laughs> Only meat. So it's gonna get hot again there? Like I thought it yeah. got cold again. It did. It's gonna dude, it's gonna be it's honestly it's gonna like push to be eighty on Sunday. Man, what a mess you guys live in. It's been a high of seventy five every day for the last like three weeks. It's incredible. So the other aspect, so I was, you know, hanging out last Thursday with all the, the all, with all the channel seedsmen. Yeah. And these, and these farmers, they're very in touch with nature. They, you know, their, their generations have passed on these tricks and dealing with the weather. And I'm with, I'm with all of these seedsmen and, you know, I'm walking around table to table, shaking hands. Hey, uh, yo, Jim, when are you going to plant your seed? When are you going to spread your seed this year? When spreads, when, you know, cause it's, it's. We've had like an early spring. That groundhog nailed it. And I'm like, I'm wondering, are we going to plant early? Are we going to get it in? Are we going to spread our seed early? And they're all like, nope. 90 days after the last fog, it will snow or have a torrential rain. It's Did been you say 90 out. days after 90 the days. last fog? That's correct. We had a fog like, uh, so they all think that it's going to have like a big snowstorm in like April, May. What the hell's fog got to do with it? Can it ask, be foggy in the summertime? Great, great grandfather, Chris. Isn't it? I don't know. The last frost. Frost, not fog. No, fog. They fog? said if, yes, they say, because remember that really foggy like two day stretch we had? You're out of I'm, your mind. There's no way this has anything to do with fog. It can be you foggy. Are you doubting any the time seedsman? of year? Are you doubting the seedsman? That's all I'm. Asking. I, I'm doubting you. Think you, you I think you. you I think, think you, you heard know them more wrong. than the channel seedsman when it comes to weather. Doesn't it? Iowa. Yeah, I think you it think has that to do you honestly. You think you're fog. smarter than the channel seedsman? How arrogant are you? There's no way. Why fog? You, you're telling me that if it's foggy in let's just say uh, May. No. What? No, it's not what no, I'm what? saying. No, this is, they're talking about winter fogs. So if it's foggy in May, hey, they're like, well, shit, we're screwed. We got to wait another I, 30 listen, days. You think you're smarter than Dustin Fouch's dead great, great grandfather. You think you're smarter <laughs> than that guy? If you do, that's fine. I just, you need to be on the record. I'm on the record as saying that sounds pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, I don't know anything about farming. Have you ever read the Farmer's Almanac? On, and I don't know anything about spreading my seed either. No, you don't. <laughs> Nothing about that. But that just sounds really weird. That it has to do with fog. Welcome to the program. Late night last night, I was yeah. at uh, Hilton Coliseum, which was... That was a great night of basketball last night for our state. Really awesome night. Drake yeah. almost screwed it up. Ugh. Like... We we had both the Iowa State teams winning. We had the Iowa women just absolutely throttling Minnesota. And I'm I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to tweet, you know, great day for Iowa basketball, Iowa hoops. 
And I go and I look. It says Drake is in triple overtime with UIC. Luckily, they won the game. Thank God they won. UIC is bad too. They're they're one I, of the worst teams. Yeah, Drake was like I thought they were like an eight point favorite on the road there. But we'll get back to this real quick. Our guy Matt Nelson from Channel Seed. Mm-hmm. He says he's in the comments. Moisture ninety days after a few days of fog in the winter. Why would I just come on here and make this shit up? Do you th- why? Do you think I'm just sitting around on a Wednesday night being like, I'm gonna really Williams. go in there and fuck with hassle and with Matthew this fog okay. stuff? So w- what's the cutoff here? If it's foggy today, then you 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 can't spread your seed for another ninety days. Is that the no. case? What? You so worry. what is it? It sounds to me like it's, it's just a, 90 days after winter. When's the cutoff for winter? Dude, you remember that one year? It was like it was like Cinco de Mayo. I remember it cuz I had to I was emceeing this marketing this Des Moines marketing club thing at Prairie Meadows. They had their and we're all in like seersucker suits because the theme was Kentucky Derby. And we got like a foot of snow. Wow. It was the craziest shit ever. What yeah. year was this? God, I want to say like 10 years ago, maybe. It was before I had kids. Uh, all of- gas, no breakfast says May of 2013. Luckily, I was gone by then. <laughs> oh, you were? Okay. Uh, you're such an elitist. I don't remember that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So let's start with the uh, Iowa State men. I was I was at that game. I I gotta be honest. The last two games, Chris, they they haven't played their best basketball at all. Like C games, A game defensively last night, no doubt they were elite. Uh, but th- they start off four of twenty four. It was just this horrible offensive outing. And and they still win by double digits against a team that'll be in the NCAA tournament in Oklahoma. I am encouraged by Iowa State. Now I'll I'll play the devil's advocate real quick that they're not playing their best basketball right now, and that's a concern. And you got to get that back. But the fact that they can still beat a good team like Oklahoma comfortably by really not playing well at all, it just shows you what we thought. This team has a totally different gear. And it seems like every game now, somebody else is stepping up to pick up the slack. Last night, it was Demarion Watson. I think the rest of the team was 13 of 55 from the field. Demarion went 7 of 7, really came in as a, as a bolt of energy, almost had a double-double. Makes me feel good because we've seen Iowa State play that game, and they lost it last year, right? When you're, sure. when, you're when, when you brought your C game the last two years, you're getting beat by double digits by bad teams. Now you got your C game, and – you're comfortably winning these games. That's the difference between like a good team and a potentially great team. And and I think we both think that this Iowa State team has the potential to potentially be great. Now they do have to get out of this offensive rut because their offensive ratings have dropped significantly over the last two games. They're at like 50 now on Kim Palm. They were in the mid-30s. Um, so you, you got to get that figured out before the NCAA tournament, but man, defense is just there from night to night. And TJ said after the game last night that that was their best 40 minutes of defense that he's seen the team play all year. And that, that picks you up when you're down. So I, again, it was ugly. It was not a fun basketball game to watch. It, it was, it was horrible. The first half was one of the worst halves. You can just aesthetically sit there and watch, but they came away with it and, Man, they got a legit chance to at least tie for a Big 12 championship going into the last week of the season. 
end of the first half is when everything turned. I mean, I, I, the, the play that stands out to me is, I, I think it was final 90 seconds of the first half. And Iowa State's put together a 7-0 run or so. They've taken a three or five point lead. And you see Oklahoma bringing the ball across half court, and Gilbert is just in the guy's grill. And then there's a there's a tight shot on the um, on the replay of TJ just right there because it was right in front of him, and he was getting in Gilbert's ear to get even more in the face of who he was guarding. They angle him into the corner and double team him, picks up his dribble. He starts flailing around, and they get an offensive foul. I mean, that that was like just mosquitoes, gnats. And mm-hmm. defense travels. Defense rarely takes a night off. That's one of the things about, about March. Like, you can have an off-shooting night. And if that's your thing, if you're a three-point shooting team, you live and die by the three, you can go away really easily. But if... If you're a great defensive team and you bring that intensity and that effort every single night, you can win a game you're not supposed to win. And when you look at the stats, just look at the box score. Look at Iowa State's starters and what they shot in that game. 18% the Iowa State starters. Not only did they win against a tournament team, they were never threatened in the last 13 minutes of that game. Last 13 minutes, they led by double digits. The entire way. Not many teams can do what Iowa State did last night. Yes, they they do need to figure things out on the offensive end. But what they do defensively is something that's going to give them a chance against anybody in any game all March. Matty Van Winkle is the producer of two guys named Chris. He's got some sound. Let's see what Otts had to say. And I I believe we have some from Demarion Watson postgame as well. We didn't have a lot of energy in the first half. So I thought it was just my job to just bring energy to the group, do what I do best. Um, defensively, just be that stopper guy on the team, lock, lock up, and then offensively, keep it simple, cut, get offensive rebounds, and then just play my game and just stay confident in what I do. Well, first of all, I wanted him to know how proud of him uh, I was for being ready for the moment because when you're in his spot, you don't always know exactly how many minutes or when you're going to go in the game. It can be hard to stay mentally prepared when the moment presents itself and so I told him how proud of him I was and how impactful he was on us uh, winning the game and then I wanted to make sure he understood how much everybody appreciated what he did and I wanted him to look around and just see uh, 14,000 people who appreciated you know the effort he gave uh, the energy that he had and that he should feel great about it because he was very impactful in in a big win and he was ready for the moment and he did a heck of a job. That's a guy who I have to imagine, Chris and Watson, when he came to Iowa State, he didn't think midway through his sophomore year he'd be averaging like seven or eight minutes a game. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I struggle with this as just a somebody who manages people. It's like, how do you keep everybody engaged and on the same team and working together all the time? It's a really hard thing to do. It, that That impresses me the most about – Iowa State this year is you I mean you got a McDonald's All-American on the bench who doesn't play if you watch Iowa State's bench he's he is 
right next to Conrad Holly, like is their biggest cheer. And you're talking about Omaha, right? Yeah. And then you have like Demarion who, Hey man, you work really hard. You're a great kid. Um, you're the eighth man. You're getting eighth, ninth man minutes, and we just need the energy. We need you to come in and pick up fouls and just play rim run. It's not fun. Um, to stay engaged where in game 28 he can do this. And we saw your boy, Jackson Pavletsky, do it on Saturday. The exact same thing, really, against West Virginia. So I, I give a lot of credit to Otts and that coaching staff. Because I'm, I'm – blown away by how they keep all those guys engaged and going in the same direction the way that they do. And not that it doesn't happen at other teams, but man, like that's two games in a row now without these reserve players. Pavletsky barely played last night. You know, he has that game against West Virginia, barely gets off the bench yesterday to keep them all moving in the right direction. I think some really, really impressive and it makes them a better team in March just because those last two Iowa state teams, if Brockington Hunter and Kalsher weren't scoring, you're screwed. The game's over. You're not going to, like, you can't, because there's no other options. Well, now it's like, oh, well, Robert Jones had 14 today, or, you know, and Taman's got, Taman's the high score, or Gilbert's the high score. It's like, you, you don't really know where it's going to come from. This is a good March team. Now, again, I, I want to make the point, too, I think this is real, because a lot of fans always want, like, reasons, right? You, Why are they starting slow? Why is the offense bad all of a sudden? I think we've seen enough of these these Otzelberger teams. Doesn't matter talent level. When you play defense that hard, and they do, it's them in Houston, man. Like that, I've never seen teams play harder defense than those two. We've seen this three years in a row now, where TJ's teams kind of slow down a little bit at the end of February. It's like they're tired. I think it's a very real thing. Um, and they've been able to pick it up the last two years. So remember last well, year they grills er, grills gone. They 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 go on that little route rally. Um, but I, I I think that that's something to do with it because the rotations was there, aren't. Was as there good. a rally last year? I guess my my lasting impression is just yeah. so bad that yeah they did. Remember because they had to kick Grill off the team and then yeah. they went and won at Baylor and then they won a game in the Big Twelve tournament and then they obviously um shit the bed in in. Greensboro at the NCAA tournament, but they did pick it up at the, at the end of last year. And so they've done that. But again, like it is a bit of a concern to me. And I, and I also think I could make the point where I don't think playing, I, listen, when you go to Kansas city, you want to win. I'm not saying tank. I don't think it'd be the worst thing if this team had an early exit. Cause I don't think it's going to impact their seating. I think this team could use a little bit of, of downtime, which you just don't get in this league. Yeah, it seems to me like right now the ceiling is a two seed. The floor is probably a three seed. I would agree. With all of the, um, you know, the the metric points we have for the season, I I do think it's extremely important to to try to finish ahead of Kansas on that seed line. Um, if you want to get to Omaha, as we heard Jamie Pollard say on the Murph and Andy show earlier this week, they have to finish ahead of either Kansas or Baylor in the committee's eyes. If they don't, they won't be going to Omaha. Maybe that's not a big deal. I, I, I think it I think it would definitely help them in the first couple rounds, and I think it makes it a lot more interesting for the fans. You can just drive right over there and watch Iowa State play. Um, 
But if that's not a big deal to you, then Iowa State doesn't have a ton to play for seed-wise other than I think we need to see this offense get back on track at UCF this weekend. And then what do they have the rest of the way? Uh, BYU next week at home. Mm-hmm. And then they got to go to Kansas State a week. I, I think that BYU game is going to be really interesting after what happened to Iowa game. State. I think it's a brutal On game. the road there. BYU yeah. just went into Kansas and won. It's a great offense against a great defense. Let's see how let's see how those things go. But UCF's not going to be easy. I mean, they, they they play really, really well at home. I think they just beat – they won on the road last night at uh, Oklahoma State. Um, do we want to get into – the whole net conversation with the Big Twelve now, or do you want to circle back sure. to that after we hit? We can the do it. It's topical, and then we'll then we'll move into Iowa. Yeah, this was uh, uh, we we were getting blown up on Twitter the other night after the Scott Van Pelt show. Yeah, and it all stemmed from Brad Brownell, the coach at at Clemson, kind of pointing out what the Big Twelve did in the non conference, which is just load up on the worst teams in the country and beat the hell out of them. Uh, no one did it better than Iowa State. And it's kind of, I don't know if manipulated is the right word, but they they have a great net ranking because, well, l- listen, l- f- first and foremost, because they're the best conference in the country. Let's put that out there. Yeah. But also they saw what the net was valuing and they know the committee values the net. And it's they, they've seen that it's it's better for you in the net to beat a horrible team by 35 or 40 than it is beating a decent team by 15. So that's one of the reasons why Iowa State's non-conference was so bad. Like you look at, I I was reading uh, on ESPN.com, the Bubble Watch article today dives into this even more about whether or not this is true. Brownell is saying that the Big 12 has kind of... They've seized this flaw in the net. And he went through and ranked all of the uh, conference non-cons. And the Big 12 was dead last in non-conference strength of schedule. Dead last. Uh, Number 32 out of 32 Division I conferences for out-of-conference strength of schedule. The next of the major six conferences is at number 13. That's the Big Ten. That's 20 spots ahead of the Big 12. Now, Iowa State fans, some of them anyway, got really defensive about this yesterday and and after SVP put that out there. And this isn't the first time we've talked about that. We've talked about this from the get-go. We had a conversation with TJ in his office about this to start the Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a Big 12 problem. The Big 12 is just doing what the committee is asking, basically. If they're going to use the net and the net values this, then that's what they, if they feel like that's going to make, give them a better net ranking, then then they're going to do it and they have. I I think this is more of a net problem and a committee problem, not a Big 12 or Iowa State problem. I think, too, it's, you're, I completely agree with you. It's one of those work smarter, not harder conversations, right? You want these home games. Again, we don't I don't think either of you 
either we would like to see Iowa State and Iowa play Drake and you and I, right? We're mm-hmm. on the same page. <laughs> but this is one of the reasons why they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The net. Look, if Iowa State, let's just say, well, I, I don't know who they, let's just say they beat Jackson State by 40. Or they beat Northern Iowa by 10. The Jackson State win is going to help them much yeah, more in it, the rankings. And it's why, so like if you guys are into the data, if which I've gotten to be, and I, I kind of hate this part of college basketball now because all I do is refresh Ken Palm after game. <laughs> Whoa, where did they move? Mm-hmm. It's addicting. But I, you can tell, so like I, I knew immediately after that West Virginia game, Iowa State was going to drop quite a bit. Well, how did I know that? It's because the spread was 18. They only won by seven. So that's an underperformance. Mm-hmm. One thing, I don't think the committee cares about that like the data does, but the but the but the committee the cares really cares. about the net ranking. Correct. And so the net like, ranking to, cares about the, the the margin of victory, I to, think, way too much. To your point, yeah. So like when you play Jackson State and you're a twenty two point favorite and you win by forty, the computer looks at it like, holy shit, they just completely dominated this team. And it you know, it's like a shot of steroids to your net ranking. That's that's how it works. And like last night, Iowa State didn't play that well, but they greatly overperformed, moved up two spots in in Ken Palm, right? And like anybody who watched that game is like, man, that's not a good defensive game. But that was one of the worst offensive games Iowa State's played all year. Computers didn't care, moved them right up. So, so it, it it is messed up, but that's yeah. the way it is. And any smart person in this world who's good at business or good at anything they do, they tell you to work smarter, not harder. BYU did the same thing. People look at BYU and they go, why are they still in the top 10 in the net? They have like a 500 record. Go look at their non-conferences. Same thing Iowa State did, and they're going to be rewarded for it in March. What's up, Maddie? So Lenardi kind of went on this rant last night about the Big 12 net rankings. And basically what he came down to saying was, he looked at that expected margin of victory for those teams that have a really bad uh, net ranking. Well, worse than 300 is what he said. There's seven teams. And he said the average expected uh, win margin was 28.8 points. And the it ended up only being the actual margin of victory was 32 points. So it wasn't that far off. But you have these anomalies like Iowa State where they were, like you said, blowing out these teams where that really wasn't the case for a lot of these other teams. Uh, those games that were ended up being a little bit, you know, closer to what they expected. So there are certain teams that where it is inflating, but it wasn't the case for everybody. With Iowa State, it was it was smart in the sense that they knew, Chris, that they were going to be a lot better in February than they were in November because mm-hmm. of all these new players. And I, I think they looked at it when they were putting the schedule together for this specific team. Because they didn't really do this last year, they had a much better schedule last year. But they the whole were like, Big Twelve did last yeah. year. The Big Twelve was I I I want to say from the article that I read this morning, they were like top ten conference in the country for out of conference strength of schedule. I think Iowa State looked at this team and was like, "Man, we could do a lot of damage to ourselves if we schedule tough." And you saw it in Orlando; they lost to Virginia Tech and Texas A and M, and like. Almost, they probably should have lost to VCU in that first game down there in Orlando. It's like 
they they kind of knew, and they're like, we need to just treat these games like scrimmages and keep getting better. And to their credit, they have. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I wouldn't get defensive over this. I actually, it's not the worst thing to be one of the smartest guys in the room. Dave is asking any chance with JP's insight into the way the committee works. He has the schedule set up like this, and JP being Jamie Pollard, who's on the committee, the selection committee. I don't think it hurts. And here's another thing to keep in mind, um, and I think it's a, a lot of people don't understand this, and I get it because it is kind of confusing. The committee is not supposed to really care at all about what your net ranking is. When they are slotting Iowa State, wherever they are, they are not supposed to care whether Iowa State has an 8 net rating or a 28 net rating. That is not supposed to matter. All that matters is who you've played. That ranking of the teams you have beaten or lost to. Your quad one wins. Your quad three losses. That's what they go off. And that is why the Big 12 clearly got together before the season. I don't know this to be a fact, but it certainly seems this way. Get together before the season. Guys, it's not about what our net ranking is. It's about what everyone else's net ranking is. If we can assure that our net ranking is going to be higher when we play each other come January, February, March, let's get together and let's schedule these teams because it's all about who you play. So if you can guarantee all these teams that you're going to play have top 75 net rankings, that's how it helps you. Doesn't It doesn't help you because your net ranking is higher. It's about the teams you play. So either it's a really good win or it's a loss that doesn't really hurt you. Yeah, it's because you don't really get penalized for the bat, for losses. And another thing, because I heard from a lot of Iowa State fans, and they're right. Look, we beat these teams by 40. It's not easy to beat a team. You're favored by 25. You beat them by 40. That's not easy. That's true. I, Iowa State and other teams went out and did it. They did the work. They kicked their ass. Also have to keep in mind, the the lower on the rung you go for college basketball teams, the less you really have a say in when a game is going to be scheduled. Okay? So if you're Jackson State, mm-hmm. you're kind of at the whim of, you know, you're getting paid to go wherever to play. Those are terrible jobs. To, you, I mean, you're on the road for like 17 days yes. in a row just on a bus. You're traveling around, and you're basically, they're telling you when you're going to play. So you might play a game on Friday night at 9 o'clock somewhere. Then you have to turn around and play Sunday at noon. That's, well, that's also a thing that if, if you're a team that's if, – if you're you know in the Missouri Valley, you might not be as willing to say okay to all that stuff as a team that's from why the SWAC is. You see a lot of these teams play Iowa and Iowa State like back-to-back. Mm-hmm. They work together on that. Like Iowa mm-hmm. and Iowa State will work together in that sense to be like, hey, all right, let's get this. Let's get South Alabama. You can have them on Friday. We'll take them on Sunday. And it's like a double dip, and then that team gets paid twice, and they only have to make the one road trip. That happens all the time. Hell, mm-hmm. Iowa State will do that with Drake and you and I sometimes, too. You see that with these really low-level ones. And the key, when you're a coach, the key is I want that team on as little rest as possible. 
So I'm going to move this game as close to their previous game while still spreading it out for us because we have all the control. That also gives them an advantage when playing a bad team. That's another reason why you can beat them by 40. Two guys named Chris. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at DRF Sportsbook. I will have my You're stealing their money. (laughs) Just taking their money. I will have my Saturday college basketball parlay ready for you guys. We'll have it up tomorrow once we get some of these lines. You know what I've been doing, man, is this is what I've discovered on DRF. I know this isn't for everybody. I love this sports book because the depth of which you can bet. You can bet on NASCAR races. Like I can make bets that like this guy will finish in the top twenty. Like it, it's insane the amount of they did this with the Super Bowl too. A lot of these more public books like this, you can't get like, oh, I want to bet on the coin toss. You can bet on anything with DRF. That's why I like it. When you download the DRF Sportsbook app, you get a $300 deposit match and a $50 bet credit if you use the promo code IOWA300. That is IOWA300. I cannot state this enough. If you like our free content here at Iowa Everywhere, you have to support our advertisers. Otherwise, we won't be here. It's the God's honest truth. It's the only way we can do this. We're just going to pack up and leave, huh? Yep, we're, we're done. In DRF Sportsbook, uh, download that app today. I like them because they're kind of the little guy in the market. This is the o- Iowa's the only state that they are doing sports betting in, which I think is cool. They're just they're here with us. They're ride or dies here in the state of Iowa. So download the DRF Sportsbook app today. Let's do our kitchen refresh here. I actually, uh, the boys are coming today. We're doing a shoot. I'm going to shoot, uh, show what you boys? guys my new kitchen, the film crew. Wait, oh, because it's because it's done. Yeah, we got, I'm gonna show you my new kitchen. We're gonna do Honestly, a video. I don't even I don't even want to see it. Kitchenrefreshiowa.com. Use your tax return on this. They they will come into your house. They will give you a quote that day. A completely free consultation. They're not gonna. A lot of these companies hassle. They'll come in and be like, oh, we'll get back to you in like a week. So then they go back to their partners and like, oh, let's get them for 500 here. Let's get them for 300 there. Not at not at Kitchen Refresh, Iowa. They'll give you the quote that day. Justin says he just had no pros estimate his kitchen for the, for uh, Refresh this spring. Told uh, told Joe that uh, that we sent you. Thank you very much for that. We told appreciate- Joe to get his Again, ass down to South Florida. That is how that is how we function here on Iowa everywhere. It's all it all it's very incestual. We're all we're all together. Okay, so this is what you're saying. Use our sponsors so I can get a new kitchen. Yes. I I thought you were going with the Seinfeld there when I was doing the incestual on um All right, so the the chickens having sex with the rooster. <laughs> Who's having sex with the hen? Who's having sex with the hen? <laughs> That's perverse. Uh, I'll let you go with Jamie Pollard, and then I have what will be a controversial Caitlin Clark take. Oh, God, no. Iowa State fans won't like it. Oh, Jesus. All right, well, I'll, I'll get mine out of the way. Jamie Pollard was on Murph and Andy earlier this week. I, I don't agree with him on everything, and I, I don't know if I even agree with him on more than 50% of things. But I probably do. It's probably more like 70-30. There's some things I, I just don't. Like him saying the I-State logo is great. Puke. He said that. 
He said he's not going to. And I get, I get what he's saying. Like he said, I don't want to go through another logo change. It's not going to happen under my watch. I'm sure it, it was. It's a huge undertaking. He doesn't want to do it again. I get that. But the logo still sucks. I agree with them, though. Like they have all these different logos and the teams can use whatever they want. Like just I don't know. Yeah, but you've got I State on the side of your helmet. You got I State well, in the middle of the floor and and the middle of Jack Trice Matt Stadium. Campbell you know what I'd like to see? Colors. You, you guys have such a great turf crew out there at Jack Trice Stadium. Elite. Let's mix it up a bit like these NFL teams do sometimes. Don't always have the I State logo at, at yeah, midfield. Let's have like Jack, more of a throwback game. Jack Trice bars in the middle of the field. How yeah. How sick would that be? Yeah. Or throw in the old uh, twirly sigh. Well, Van Wink's got on the uh, the old. Uh, Sign a blender sweatshirt right now. Look at that thing. It's awesome. God, There's no way you the, can tell me that I State is better blue. than blue. But Ugh. that was my I, least favorite. I know that that's not a popular take. I didn't like Clone NATO. At the same time, say you know, and I don't agree with him on the alcohol sales at the stadium and not allowing your regular <laughs> the students fans. Were so, the students were chanting "Sell us beer" at one point last <laughs> night. I thought but, you'd like that. Every time I hear him in an in-depth conversation, whether it's in an article, whether it's on a radio show, I always learn something and I always have to think of things differently than I would have originally thought. Like, for instance, both these things are topical. We bitch about they move the student section at Jack Trice Stadium. And it does. I think it does hurt the atmosphere. No question. They move the students back at uh, Hilton Coliseum, eight feet, a few years ago. That hurt the environment. It hurts the aesthetics as well, especially when you're watching on TV. He's like, look, we did that because of field storming, because of court storming. We had to make it a little more difficult for these students to get on the court, on the field. We did that because people like you, my words, not his, are bitching about, well, you can't have that. So it's it's stuff like that. He goes, he will address those things. He will be honest. And I appreciate that about him because you're, you, you've never gotten that out of an athletic director in Iowa City. And I don't think you're going to get that out of an athletic director at and major programs in I agree with you um I I really appreciate Pollard and I'm I'm eternally kind of grateful to him because when I he started the exact same time as me they were very open to what we were trying to do with independent media um when he before he was the AD we couldn't even get credentialed um they saw what we were doing and I, I I'm I'm pretty loyal to Pollard because he's been good to me over the years but I but having said that I can see how he turns people off by the way he talks sometimes I, I yes can totally, and, uh, that's I another can totally, thing that I don't I I think I can he see that I understand often alienates the middle middle to lower class of the fan base I understand why they feel he that doesn't way. value them as much as the, I, the, the donors at which, the end of the day I will always, in any sport, I will always choose transparency and authenticity over coach speak and just straight up, you know, be, uh, 
you don't ever have to wonder what's on Jamie's mind because he'll tell you. And I appreciate that. And I, I, there's nothing worse than when you go into a meeting and you know the person's just sitting there dicking with you. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Yep. If I don't like it, I'm a big boy. I'll deal with it. Right? Like, so that, mm-hmm. that's where I, I, I always side on that with Pollard. I don't agree with everything either. But, man, I, I've never had to wonder what Jamie is thinking. Right? He's never playing games. If he's mm-hmm. pissed at an article I wrote back, he's going to tell him. I like that. So uh, that's a good one. Here's mine. And th- this is not a new take. It's just so in the last like two weeks, the, I don't know where the Caitlin Clark thing's going. I don't know if she's going to go pro. Uh, we She's done a pretty good job of keeping it quiet. But now she's breaking records. And so I'm listening. I'm, I'm on my way up to uh, Ames last night and – I'm listening to the new Bill Simmons show and he's got Klosterman on there and they're talking about the rise of who's Klosterman Chuck Klosterman. He's an author. Um, he's a really good author. One of my favorites. He's on, he's on with Simmons a lot. Okay. They do a lot of like cultural sports stuff more so than breaking down the X's and O's. And they're talking about the rise of women's basketball and Simmons who 10 years ago was, I don't want to say he was anti-women's basketball, but he 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 certainly never talked about it. Uh, and when he did, it wasn't flattering for the game, like like many. And and Bill was talking about how he now he's looking forward to the women's NCAA tournament considerably more than the men, a lot because of the games we saw last night in Ames. Because it's just this clunky game, the halves, all the fouling. And and frankly, I'm watching that game. I don't even know how you officiate those games. I mean, these teams are beating the hell out of it. It's not an aesthetically pleasing game anymore. You've got all the turnover in the men's game as far as the transfer portal goes. It hasn't gotten there to the women's game. I'm guessing it will at some point. NIL is such a big deal. And Simmons and Klosterman were making the point that the women's game is a better product, which I've been saying for 15 years, and two – that it just feel like there's continuity, right? Like, you know how many people in this country know who Gabby Marshall is because she's played with Caitlin Clark for three years, for, you know? Like, because, oh, yeah, she's back. I remember her. She hit the three against LSU last year. I like her. I guess the point that I'm trying to make, and it, and it, run, it really hit me last night because I'm a Simmons guy, and when they were making those points – about just the game of women's basketball. It wasn't a Caitlin Clark conversation. It was a game of it was a it was a women's basketball conversation. If you're an Iowa State fan out there, I think you and me have been pretty clear. We're not ask we're not telling you you have to root for the University of Iowa or even Caitlin Clark. I don't give a shit. You don't got to do that. I just think that we all need to take a deep breath and appreciate what she has done for women's basketball in general. If you agree with it or not, she's bringing these eyeballs Right, she's she she is bring because I don't think Simmons and Klosterman again. It wasn't a Caitlin Clark conversation. They don't have that conversation if Caitlin Clark never came around, and she has captivated so many people to make this what was once a very niche sport, indeed very mainstream. And I will go to my grave that ESPN got a steal hmm. when it got its new media contract with with the NCAA where they were basically buying the women's basketball tournament for peanuts. At the end of that contract, we will look at it and say, wow, NCAA, you 
jacked up by not selling the women's basketball tournament for more because this is a sport on the rise. And man, I just, I just want everybody polarizing. I, I get it. She's polarizing. Iowa State fans, you don't got to root for. Her. I know. So what are you telling them to do? To appreciate it, man. To just look. To we all just need to take a deep breath and be like, God, like this is awesome. Look at but the you know that you, you, there's and that you you said you're gonna piss off some Iowa State fans. I know I will. It's fine. They they get it's defensive about it because it's their biggest rival. They don't want to appreciate it. Like they don't want to be told to appreciate it. They just want it to be right. They just it's over there. It's at another school. School we hate. We liked women's basketball before Caitlin Clark came around. That's I think the that's the thing. That's the Iowa thing with State Iowa fans, State. They feel it's almost slighted. like the we were here first yeah. thing. And now but, people like Bill Simmons, people like me, people like a lot of Iowa fans now, we're, we're Johnny-come-latelys, where Iowa State fans were, you know, they were going watching the, the Twister Sisters for decades, and they don't like that. But and the point I would make is Ashley Jones was a great player. She didn't captivate millions like this. No. You know, like there's been just a – you don't even have to appreciate it. Um, I just think it's really cool, like, that all of this is happening in our state. Yes. Can we meet well, that? It like, it's cool. awesome. It's the epicenter of all of this. It's so cool. It feels it feels like Dream Team 92 and, like, to me now, and again, you know, I'm – I'm I think to see how it carries over to the WNBA. I don't know if it will. But I think I, most Iowa State fans do appreciate it. Like Andrew says, you're an asshole if you're an Iowa State fan and don't like Caitlin Clark because she's good. And he's an Iowa State fan, he says. But there are there are a lot of people, at least the very vocal people on social media, the the really hardcore fans that feel like they're being told how to feel and they don't like that. Welcome to America. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent with I, you, Chris. No one has done more for just, women's basketball. On the, I think I, than, I also, than Caitlin Clark I to get it into a, mainstream. I think it's a bad look when you claim to be a champion for women's athletics. And then you, all you do is tear her down because of a rivalry. I think that's a bad look, too. It absolutely is a bad look. Can I ask a, a question, too? Like, why didn't, why do you guys think like Paige Beckers didn't have the trajectory that Caitlin did? Like, they have a similar skill set, similar game. I'll tell you why, because she didn't, and she's phenomenal. Well, she was hurt last year. Well, but she doesn't I, create I, I, the I, can, I cannot picture her taking and making a logo three ever yeah that's I, that's it caitlin clark does it every game you think it, you answer. think it's as simple as that is just i her, think that her range. is the, yes yes because uh. she's doing there's been good shooters before her but it, it is we live in a society where what you see on twitter and tiktok matters more than anything else especially in basketball like who watches nba regular season games I don't, but I watch Halliburton's highlights all the time. Mm. I'm not going to sit down and watch the Pacers, but I want to see the highlights. He did another off the backboard thing last night. It was incredible. And and yeah. Caitlin fits into this era of 
Like she's she make these eye popping highlights. And I think there's a lot of people, Chris, because of that, they didn't know that they could fall in love with women's basketball. They didn't know that they could be captivated by women's basketball. They didn't know I, it could be this good. I also think too, Caitlin's appeal is the fact that she's polarizing, that people hate her. That too. And that she mouths off to the refs. <laughs> yeah. Is demonstrative out there. Paige isn't like that. She's very respectful. Mm -hmm. She's she's competitive, but she's not like there's not this group of people that just go around hating every you don't see Cheryl Swoops taking shots at her. So Caitlin passed Lynette Woodard last night Mm -hmm. for the women's scoring record. I have some sound too. that Lisa Bluter had an interesting comment about that. And Caitlin kind of commented it. You guys want to hear that? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Tonight is the night of the real record. Um, to me, you know, for the AIAW record that Lynette Weddard held, um, that was the real one. You know, for some reason, the NCAA does not want to recognize the basketball that was played prior to 1982, and that's wrong. Um, we played basketball back then. They just don't want to recognize it. And that hurts the rest of us that were playing at that time. You know, I mean, there's no reason why that should not be the true record. And, um, you know, at a school like Iowa, that has been so rich in AIAW history. Um, I just want to make sure we acknowledge Lynette's accomplishments in in the game of basketball. But congratulations to Caitlin for being the true basketball leader in points tonight. You know, the NCAA didn't want to recognize women and what they did um, back in the 1980s. Um, And, you know, I think it just speaks to the foundation that these players have laid for us to have opportunities to be able to play in environments environments like this and in front of crowds like this. Um, So I wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to do what I'm doing every single night if it wasn't for people like her. And um, obviously there's so many great players across the board. So um, I'm just really thankful and grateful to have those people that have come before me. and yeah, it's it's super special. Um, you know, obviously she's one of the best all times. Could certainly score the ball, um, but I think it just shows. You know, Title Nine is not that long ago. Fifty years is not that long ago, um, and I think it just still shows the room that we have to improve and um, where women's sports is is going is a really great place. Thank you, Matt. Got to put that. a logo on uh, on Minnesota's floor now, right? You got to put the Clark twenty two on there. See, we got to draw the line somewhere, bro. That ain't happening. On on that note, the Iowa State women biggest win of the season. This last was night. a stunner. I I oh. so I didn't even uh, uh, full disclosure didn't even know they were playing last night. Okay, I knew that their next game was at Kansas State. I saw someone post a video from inside Hilton. Yeah, about the celebration from beating Kansas it was so State, cool. and I was like, "What? Huh? Is this old, an old post from earlier in the the year when Iowa State beat Kansas State in men's basketball? No, what, what? They beat they they went on the road and beat Kansas State. That was really impressive. That they it went was, on. What, they, what was the line for this game? I don't know what the line was. It they had, had to, to be, be at least close 10. to a double digit fit dog. Yeah. Um, and this put them in the tournament now. They're a lock for the NCAA tournament. No yeah. question about it. Huge. So we're probably going to have three, assuming Drake can take care of business in the Valley. Uh, t- you had a freshman double-double last night. Addie Brown had 24-10. and 10. It was just um, – they're, they're doing this with five freshmen. Like, it, they are – so the Iowa women are right now a one or a two seed. I'm telling you, if they've got a – 
LSU transfer coming in next year who's sitting out. They've got two good recruits. If they can get a portal addition, they could be preseason top 10 next year. Finley's program. Like, Who would have thought this loaded. after what happened at the end of last season? Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, I mean, people they were left for dead. Finley was left for dead. It was too, it's time to time to retire, do all this stuff and they what it's just these seasons when you don't expect it are often the best, right? Like it mm-hmm. when the high expectations um th- this it really I don't think anybody expected this team to go to an NCAA tournament, but when you're watching these freshmen and then you have the homegrown product and Audie Crooks and the yeah, it and she is dynamic too, by the way. Audie is going; that star is going to continue. To yeah, get I wonder. I, I I was thinking the same thing. Like, how big of a deal is she going to be? In three she's on years? her way. She's on her way. Um, because she, she's so athletic and she's a ball handler. And I I think the one thing that you're going to see her continue to do is shoot the three. Like, she's not a bad three point shooter. They don't let her do it very often. But I'm guessing that that is added to her. Arsenal here in the next couple of years, and this is this is great. What a win last night! It was it was cool. They it timed out perfectly. So at halftime of the men's game, they didn't have a halftime act last night. Normally, you know the the uh, the red panda or <laughs> it's the, the same qu- people. It's the the guy with the little uh, Chihuahua dog on his back oh, yeah. that yeah. sits up and does this the whole time with his hands. My favorites the the gymnasts. From South Dakota, and they do all those flips. You know, they're they, just flipping all over the place. Are they high schoolers? There's like teeny tiny little girls all the way up through high schoolers. Yeah, and they're just acrobats. You got the trampoline guys that don't. Oh, yeah. You got Simon Says. You got uh, the quick change. God rest his soul. I think he passed away. Who's the quick change? You know, the, the guy who changes his clothes really fast. No, I've never seen Matt, He you died? Wasn't it with his died. wife? Didn't he do it with all his right. wife? I don't think she died. Yeah, he did it with his wife. Uh, can you look that up? I think he's dead. Oh God! So it's halftime. Van Wink's day. There's not much going on. He did and, die. Yeah. Damn. They uh, they put the women's game up on the big screen at Hilton, and everybody was just watching the game together, and the place just went crazy with a standing ovation when that thing went final. It was. It was. Oh, here's a video. I think Aiden shot this. Aiden Wyatt from. We don't have any sound, but yeah, it was. It was. It was a neat moment. I. I was really happy for Finley and that that group of players because again, like, they, really no expectations. I don't think anybody expected them to go to the tournament, and they're a lock now after last night's win. Yeah, you can kind of take a deep breath now. You can or yeah, exhale. Exhale. You can enjoy because... Senior Day. They got Senior Day coming up on Saturday against Cincinnati, and it's actually going to be Emily Ryan, one of the. Um, one of the great cyclones of all time. All of her teammates leave last year. Emily sticks it out and says, I'm basically going to be another coach to all these freshmen. And that'll be a really cool senior day for Emily. She's traveled with us with Cyclone Fanatic on our road shows. And I, I appreciate her. She's built up a relationship with my daughter. And like, I just, I I think she's incredible. So we're going to, our family's going to go and support her on, on senior day coming up on, on Saturday at Hilton Coliseum. Drake men, double OT win at Illinois, Chicago. I was going to do a CW pod with Michael Admire today, but they got back so late. We're going to do it next week and do a preview for Arch Madness. How's that sound? Oh yes. Okay. We're going to do that early next week to do a preview for Arch Madness. The game 
didn't really matter for the NCAA tournament. They're going to have to win Arch Madness anyway, but for the morale of the team, I mean, you, you just, you, you couldn't lose that game going into March and think you can just turn it on for the tournament because it's coming. I mean, what do they have? One game left. Do they have one game left this weekend and then it's to St. Louis next week. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Cause we're doing our show on Tuesday and then he goes on Wednesday to St. Louis. So yeah, it's uh and then the women's big 12 tournaments next week as well. So we're here. March is March is here. The other note is this is a little dated now because the game happened on Tuesday. The Iowa men take care of business at home against Penn State. And that sets up an absolute doozy at Northwestern coming up on Saturday. I think you and I both agree this is the toughest game left. I would put this one above Illinois. Yeah, because it's on the road. It's a tournament team in Northwestern. I think this will be tougher to get than the Illinois game. I think if they get this game at Northwestern, they'll beat Illinois and have a have a real chance going into the Big Ten tournament to get an at-large bid. Now, you got to win both these games. You can't split. If you split, then you might have to go and win the Big Ten tournament, at least get to the title game with like a win over Purdue. Uh, offense was, again, superb. Peyton Sanford, first. How is this possible? First triple-double in Iowa men's basketball history? That was wild stuff. Now, they didn't keep assist individual assist stats uh in the in the 60s and 70s now, Iowa had some really good players in the 60s and 70s they and, and, and so I don't know but it, it still goes back 40 plus years and no one I can't, like a guy like I don't know Andre Woolridge for instance like it, it surprises me that that guy didn't have a triple double or even a Luca Garza as good yeah. as he was that's a weird stat. I couldn't believe that. Totally. Especially basketball now. There's so many more versatile players that can do more things. Just I love how he didn't shy away from it either. Like, I think a lot of people would kind of act too cool for school toward the end and act like, oh, yeah, I didn't even know. I wasn't trying for it. No. He was all in. The team was all in. Let's get it. And, and, the, and he did. They put him in a position there on the on the foul line to get that last rebound. I mean, he his eyes his eyes are always huge. Yeah, he's got he popping like out the of size head. of basketballs when that ball was missed. That was cool. He's he seems like such a great guy. I'm happy. Good for him. player, really. Good oh my player. god! You wonder is this his last year at Iowa? Can't blame him if he does, but I would. There's just so much. Did you see um, all the changes happening with the G League, too? It's like if he's not a guarantee to get drafted, he's going to make more NIL-wise than he would in the G League. Well, I've seen that they're probably going to get rid of the G League Ignite. Yeah. Which is, which which is like where the, the quote-unquote one-and-dones would go to earn you know $150,000 before they go into the draft. But that hasn't really worked out because some of those players have tanked. And now you can make money in college basketball. So I heard Adam Silver say that they're rethinking what to do with that. Are, are there other changes, too, coming? No, that's, that's the big one. But, I mean, you look at a guy like – I think the perfect example is a guy like Armando Baycott. Like, yeah. 
two years ago after that NCAA tournament run, he could have been a second round pick. You know, there would have been somebody who would have taken a flyer on him, but it's worth more to him to stay at North Carolina and make over a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. God, if you're smart with that, I mean, you're set for life. So, I'm kind of surprised Zach Eady has already said he's not coming back for his COVID year. Yeah. I mean, what's, where's he? He'll be a best case scenario is he's a second round pick and he could live on the end of an NBA bench. Could he though? You really think he could like be a part of an NBA team? I don't think he'll play, but I I I just can't imagine an NBA team holding a spot for him. Isn't that crazy though? Like where would that guy have been drafted 15 years ago? (laughs) Yeah. Like think of Greg Oden. Yeah. Now, Greg Oden, I, I think, was a lot more dynamic than Edie. But still, just his sheer size and, mm-hmm. like, he would have been a top 10 pick. And now, like, there's just no need for this guy. It's crazy. He would have been a top 10 pick, and you'd be you'd be laughed into oblivion suggesting Peyton Sanford was going to be a draft pick. Yeah. It's just, it's all changed so much. Um all right, that's it. We got to get going. Uh, you've got stuff to do. I'm. Do I? I'm gonna, I, to, I, I haven't told you I have anything to do today. Well, you have to go to work, don't you? How do you know? I didn't say I had to. You always go to work after the show. Yeah, I am going to work. Yeah. But I think the, the bigger thing is you want to get out of here. What the hell's going on? What's so big today? Well, I got a busy day. I've got, um, got to do Cyclone Fanatic show with Bloom coming up. I've got okay. the Kitchen Refresh camera crew coming over, and I'm going to... Uh. And then I got to go and um, speak to this marketing group in Des Moines trying to sell Iowa everywhere tonight. What the what the hell are you doing for our company? That sounds like a horrible day. You're yeah. going to do a show with Bloom, sit there while a camera crew comes into your house, and then you talk to a marketing group? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, thank you for doing the, the Iowa everywhere dirty work. But look, you get a you get a great kitchen out of it. But you're just, and you're just gonna sit around your pool. No, I'm going to work. I'll be watching. Maybe, probably not. Be on spotlight today. Uh, two two to five. Tell time. my good uh, friend Jerry Palm hello. Jerry Palm was supposed to join me on Monday, and he had microphone issues, oh. microphone issues, and did not join me. So I haven't had a chance to talk to him since uh, you talked his ear off there at uh, Hilton. Friend of the program, Jerry Palm. Uh, shout out to our friends at Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Oh, I had a buddy asking me about... It's actually our friend uh, Rusty Lord, who Rusty. sounds like a porn, but he is a chief meteorologist in the Omaha market. He... He wants to know what like which steeple ridge he should he should get. He's interested. Is he a bourbon guy? Uh loves bourbon, loves scotch, loves black drinking label. stuff with a with a with a rock in it. Get the black label. Black label for Rusty. White label if you're starting bourbon and your your palate's not there yet. Black label's right in the middle. The red label is the really high alcohol content one and that's good for really experienced uh whiskey drinkers. But I I think the black label's perfect. Rusty like, Lord went to Iowa State. Rusty. And I got him his chief meteorologist position, by the way. It's all you. It is. I, I shouted him out on Sports Center during the series. 
All I can think about when you say Rusty's name is the horse in Seinfeld that eats the beef arena. Rusty! He's farting. Ah! His in-laws are in the background. Rusty! Beefarino, babe. Well, you got what stuff you to feed? do. What do you feed this horse? <laughs> you got a big day uh, oats ahead. Oats and wheat. <laughs> hey, hey, Van Wink, pull yourself in here real quick. Take your hat off. Let me see Let's that see. forehead. It's, well, you you ha- got to wait. It's a little wow. He, so he has it sitting way up at yeah, like I loosened it up. Too. I loosened it up. And it's there's still a red spot. <laughs> Poor bastard. All right. Get out of here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a great review. We appreciate it. He's Chris Hassel. My name's Chris Williams from Matt Van Winkle. Signing off here on Two Guys Named Chris. Iowa everywhere.